Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. All right, let's go. We're, we're going to get right into the word this morning. And Pastor Dan's been talking about how uh, our theme is kingdom come this year. And uh, it's about bringing the kingdom. And <clears throat> when we talk about bringing the, the kingdom of God, when we talk about bringing heaven into this world, it's really all about perspective. You and I have to, to have the right perspective in order to function with that purpose. And I heard it said when I was growing up, when I was, when I was a little bit younger, I, I heard this saying, and you, you probably uh, heard it as well, not to be so heavily minded that you're no earthly good. How many have heard that? And I, I agree with that statement to, to some extent. Um, but when we talk about bringing heaven to earth, we have to understand that some of us are so earthly minded that we're no heavenly good. Now, I'm not suggesting that you, you be hyper spiritual, that you don't like sports anymore, that you 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 can't talk about, uh, you know, things that you, you like to do outside of church and that that you're seeing visions on people's foreheads and, you know, and you're 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 just you know, transporting yourself to another world or something, just something weird. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am saying is that a lot of us do not know how to cooperate with what heaven wants to do in the place where we're at because we have such a low earthly perspective. We don't know how to bring what we're supposed to bring in this to this world. This morning, I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter one. If you would stand with me, we're going to be reading quite a few scriptures this morning. So for those that didn't read their Bible all week, we're going to get you all caught up right here. And it says, blessed be the God, uh, Ephesians 1, 3, we got that, okay. Uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Ephesians 1, same chapter, moving on to verse uh, 17. Through 21, I pray, this is Paul talking to the, the church of Ephesus, and he's saying, I pray that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his vast strength. And he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the what? Heavenly places. Verse 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name is named not only in this age but also in the one to come. Ephesians 2, 6, and we'll, we'll close it up with this one. Yes, it is because we are part of Christ Jesus that God has raised us up from death and seated us together with him in the what? In the what? In the heavenly places. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God. And Lord, I pray that you would just open the eyes of our understanding today. And that, God, that we would understand that we don't just function in this realm. We function in the heavenly places. 
So, Lord, I pray that you would just bring revelation. God, turn the light on in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's difficult to bring, you may be seated, it's difficult to bring heaven into this world when you don't know that you have something to bring. It's hard to be a blessing when you don't know that you are blessed because blessed people are supposed to be blessed Blessed people are supposed to bless people. And and this is the reality is a lot of church people can talk about being blessed. They may sing about it. They may talk about it. When you ask them how you're doing, oh, I'm blessed. And and they, they give you that answer. But not everybody in the church knows, knows for a fact that they are blessed. I might step on some toes with this one. I'm going to give you a perfect example. But when, when you can't honor God in your finances and be a giver, it's just proof that you don't know that you're blessed. Because the reality is that it's, it's hard for somebody to give when they don't know that they live in blessing. If I don't know that I'm blessed and I have some money, I'm not going to give it to you because I'm worried about it running out. But when you know that you're blessed, when you know that you're living in a blessing, you can give it freely away. You can honor God with your finances and you can make him first in your life in that area. But when you don't know and you're always running out and if we always base blessing on something that I have tangibly or something that I see or something that I'm feeling. If we're always basing blessing on that kind of thing, then the only time we can be a blessing to the world is when we have something tangibly in our hand. When I'm blessed, I'm not worried about running out of blessing. When I'm blessed, I know that I've got something to bring. Tell the person next to you, you have something to bring. <laughs> Ephesians 1.3 says, God who has, past tense, who has blessed us in Christ with what? Every spiritual blessing in the what? Not in the earth, earthly places, but in the what? In the heavenly places, you are already blessed. I I said you are already blessed. Some of us are hoping for blessing. We, We are praying for blessing. But the Bible is saying is you are already blessed. I'm not I'm not condemned. I'm not broken down. I'm not defeated. I'm not I'm not overcome by the enemy. I am blessed. I am blessed when I'm when I'm going through trials. I'm blessed when I'm going through trouble. I'm blessed if you don't believe in me. I'm blessed when you talk about me. I'm blessed when everything is falling apart in my life. I'm blessed all the time because I am blessed in the heavenly places and when you know you're blessed you can be a blessing but when you don't know that you live in blessing you cannot bring heaven and you cannot bring the kingdom of God into this world because you don't think that you have anything to give you've got every spiritual blessing in the high places but what about money it's saying the spiritual blessing spiritual blessings is provision is a spiritual blessing as well and when Jesus died on the cross he didn't just die to set you free from sin. He died to set you free from sickness and poverty as well. Every every blessing is already available to you in the heavenly places. There's a difference between praying for blessing and praying from blessing. 
You can tell people that, that know they're blessed because how they pray. People that pray for blessing are, are, pray, are praying, God, please fix this. Or please, God, heal my body. Or please heal my friend. But when you're praying for blessing, you already know. It's a different mentality when you know that everything that God wants you to have, Jesus already paid for it 2,000 years ago. So a lot of us are praying for things that God has already done in the heavenly places. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's harder to receive what God wants you to receive when you don't know that you already have access to it. Let me repeat that. It's harder to receive what God wants you to receive when you don't know that you already have access to it. You have access to everything in heaven because God says it. We, we pray for things, but our prayer life shouldn't be about begging God. We, sh- we, we, we don't get healed. The, the manif- healing happens, and when healing happens, it manifests where we're at in the place and the, the time, but healing was already accomplished on the cross. It just manifests in that moment. It's like, I like to buy things online. I hate going to the store and shopping. You know, I like, I'd rather just get it delivered. You know, I just I don't like to go and try on clothes and I'm always having to return them because, you know, I don't try them on, you know. But anyway, but when you buy something online, there's there's a transaction that's made up here. Right. In cyberspace somewhere. The payment is wait is, is made. And then eventually it's delivered to you. You understand what I'm saying? I already own it. It just hasn't manifested in the place where I'm at right now. And the problem is we, we, we just keep praying about things that God has already done. So we, we, we're always trying to get something. And we don't know how to receive something that's already been done for us. Pastor Dan was... was Texting me one day about uh, some money that was owed to me, some website. He, he was looking up everybody's names, at, his close friends, you know, and sends me a text. Hey, there's, there's this money that's owed to you. Look up this website. I thought it was a scam at first, you know, so I didn't, I didn't hit the link at first. <laughs> you know, but some website, you, you can, it's from the California controller's office or something. And you, you punch in your name and, and your information, and you could see if there's, there's money that you inherited somehow, uh, you, money that's owed to you, you moved away, and something got to your home, and you weren't there anymore. So it's, sitting, it's just sitting in this office somewhere. And he, he, he tells me about this, this thing that, that's there. And at first, I didn't believe it, but then he, he Calls me about it. We talk about it. He's like, hey, man, there's some money that's owed to you. So I go, I go check it out. Sure enough, there's this money that's been owed to me for about 10 years now. And legally, it's mine. It belongs to me. It has my name on it. It's my property. But the problem is I didn't know that it belonged to me. And it doesn't do me any good for me to own that property, to own that money, unless I know how to access it. And first of all, I've got to know about it. 
And a lot of people, they just don't know that they have access to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The Bible says in in, uh, Corinthians that all the promises of of God are what? They're, They're yes. They're yes. They're not sometimes yes and sometimes no. They're not maybe they're not, I'll think about it. They're not, we'll see. They're, they're not where God is, is saying that he's undecided about blessing you and I. God doesn't need to consult with anybody. He doesn't need to check your references. He doesn't need to call a friend. He doesn't need to do any of that. He has already decided in his heart that he wants to bless you. So every promise of God is already a yes in your life. It's not maybe, it's not, we'll, 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 I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm starting to, to maybe lean toward yes, and then uh, the next day, I don't know, man, maybe I'm leaning toward no. No, God is not wavering between yes and no, between what he wants to give you in your life, so you and I should not waver in what we believe that he wants to give to us. The promises of God are yes in your life. So when you know that you're blessed, you know that you've got something to bring. But when you don't know what you have, you can't give it. Pastor Dan says last week, you can't give what you don't have, but you can't possess what you don't know. What else does Ephesians tell us that we have access to? Well, let's look at what Paul is saying. He's, he tells the, the the church in Ephesus, I pray that the Lord, that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody say revelation. In the knowledge of him. Verse 18. This is, this is important. I, I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened. If your mind has to be enlightened about something, it means that you're in the dark about it. And there is something about the, the, the church in Ephesus is that they were in the dark about a lot of things when it came to their relationship with God. And, and I want you to understand something. You will never be the light of God in this world. You will never be the light in the world when you are in the dark about who you are. There are some things that you need revelation to awaken and illuminate inside of you. To, to enlighten something is turn the light on. It's, it's that light bulb that comes on in your mind. And, and Paul is saying you need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. There are some things that you and I, we've heard about, but we can't experience it because we don't have a revelation about it. So we just try to copy what we see and what we hear, but we don't really have a revelation about it. It's not till the light bulb goes on where you start to see this thing is real. That's why it's important when you come to church on Sundays, you come ready with some expectation in your heart, taking notes, ready to receive revelation. And some people come to church tired, you're disinterested, sitting there looking like you just can't wait for this thing to get over, not taking any kind of notes, not taking any kind of, of, of uh, not taking home anything that you can digest during the week and meditate on. Why? Because you have no kind of expectation. You don't go to work expecting not to get a paycheck. You don't go to a restaurant not expecting to eat a meal. But why do you come to church and don't expect God to speak to you? 
Why come to this place and not expect revelation to change your life? He says you need revelation. What do we need revelation about? He says that you may know what the hope of his hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And I want to focus on this. We're not going to focus on the calling and, and the inheritance, right? We're going to focus on verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, and he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the what? Heavenly places. We got blessing in heavenly places, and we've got Jesus in the heavenly places. So, First thing you, you need to understand is, is that Paul's talking about power here. And one thing that you need to realize is that powerless people don't change the world. They really don't. If you feel powerless to do something, then chances are you're never going to do it. And it's the, the, this is the, the reality. Is a lot of people are in the church and we hear the word. We get inspired, but when we get home, we don't feel like we've got the power to accomplish what we just heard. So we're living in this place where we, we want to do it, but because we feel powerless to do it, we're just waiting for something to happen. But God is saying that we're already full of power. I want to show you four Greek power words in this text. The, the first word is dunamis. And the word dunamis is where, you've heard this before, is where we get the English word dynamite or dynamo or dynamic. This, this is the power or the ability to carry out a function. It's power to produce. So if you ever feel like you cannot produce anything in, in life, that is a lie. If you ever feel like you can't go very far because you're not educated or because of your background or your history, that is a lie. Because you have the dunamis power of God. It's power to do something, power to produce something, and power to accomplish something. Dunamis power. The next word is energia. It's where we get the English word energy. It's an active power on the inside. It's a zeal. It's a drive. It's like fuel on the inside. It's like the propelling power of God. So the first one is, uh, is like the, 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 the power to produce. The energia is, is, is the propelling power of God inside of you. When you read the Bible or you're at church and the word energizes you to do something, it's an active power. It's the power that motivates you. It's the power to push you forward. That's the, the kind of power that God has put inside of you. The word iskus. These are all words in, in the scripture that we just read too. Iskus is the prevailing power. It's power to sustain. It's when you feel like giving up. It's the power to keep you in a fight until the very end and to overcome. It's overcoming power. You and I should will go through times in our life where we may feel like giving up, but we don't ever have an excuse to give up because we have the prevailing power of God in our life. We've got the iskus. We've got power to overcome, power to hang in there, power to be sustained by God. And the last word is kratos. I like this one. It's the ruling power. It's might and dominion. But it also means manifested power or released power. Power to overcome what stands in the way. It's power put on display. 
It's a visible power. So God says he gives us the power to produce. He gives us propelling power on the inside, fire and zeal. He gives us overcoming power, and he gives us power to put on display. Now, does that sound like a weak Christian to you? Does that sound like the individual that's posting negativity on Facebook and Twitter and, and putting all them, them, you know, quotes on Twitter about how bad everything is? Does that sound like the guy that every week needs prayer for the same thing that he just can't get over it? And he's been going through the same battle for five years. No, this is not the kind of Christian that we see in the book of Ephesians. This is. A power that God says already resides inside of us. And unless you come into agreement with these things, and I know it's hard. It seems like, whoa, man, this, you're way out there with this this morning. That doesn't look like my life. You know what? Sometimes mine don't look like that either. <laughs> this, mor- this week, I didn't study for a sermon. I studied for myself. Everything that I'm teaching you is what I've been challenged by as I just read Ephesians over and over and over again. Because I, I understand that there's sometimes even I feel powerless to do some things that I want to do. But unless we get another perspective, unless we understand that there is another realm that we operate from, then we're going to keep going through life, making excuses why God doesn't move, making excuses why God doesn't heal this person. Well, maybe that was just God's will for their life. Well, maybe that's just the way it's supposed to be. And we make excuses for things that are not happening in our life when we have the ability and the power to produce those things. We need to change our mentality about who we are. When we can change our mentality, we can change our reality. And the reason why our reality isn't changing because our mentality hasn't changed. But I guarantee you, if you get to to, to just to agree with some of the things that I am speaking over your life today. And when you leave this place, if you begin just to read this stuff over and over, read the book of Ephesians over and over again and read about what God has already said that you can be, what you already have access to, you can change the reality in your life. What else does God say? It says that we are seated in heavenly places. Yes, it it, it says in, in Ephesians 2, 6, yes, it is because we are part of Christ Jesus that God raised us from death and seated us together with him in the what? Heavenly places. You don't, you aren't seated in heaven when you die. You're seated in heaven while you live. And for some of us, we, that's like, well, Pastor Matt, you're getting spooky on me. <laughs> Sound like a space cadet right now. All I'm giving to you is, is what the Word of God says. It's not saying that we're seated in Christ later on. It's saying that we're seated there right now. 
We are seated and we are seated right next to Jesus. And if you notice, the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places. And what is Jesus doing while he's in heaven? We just read about it. If we're seated next to him, he's seated as well. In the earlier verses we we read, it says that he he was seated at the right hand. And why is Jesus sitting? Sitting is a resting position. How can Jesus rest when this world is, is in a havoc right now? You know why Jesus can rest? Because his work has already been finished on the cross. The Old Testament priests, they were never able to sit while they were ministering. Because the work was never finished. They were always having to make sacrifices because the sacrifices were never enough. So they always had to make atonement for the people. They always had to make another sacrifice because the work was never completed. But yet we see Jesus and he's sitting in heaven in the heavenly places and we're seated right next to him. Why are we sitting next to him? Because we're resting in his finished work. His work is finished, and we're supposed to be resting in what he's already done. Because everything has already been completed for you to succeed in this Christian walk. Some of you were sold a lie that Christianity is hard. That it's a hard life. That it's difficult to be a Christian. That there's so many battles. But I want you to understand, it all has to do with your perspective. Because if when once I learn to sit in the finished work of Christ, I know and I understand that all things are under my feet. Because the Bible says Christ, when he was raised from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above what? All what? Rule and authority and what? Power and dominion and above every name does that mean cancer does that mean diabetes that every name that is named not only in this age but in the age to come now if jesus is above all these things then doesn't mean that you're above them as well if you're seated right next to him doesn't it mean that you are, you are above all the things that you are going through right now? Doesn't it mean that you are above every dominion and every principality in this world? You have to understand that you are not under any circumstance in this life. You are above it. And we've got to stop coming to church Worn out, burdened, broke down, needing encouragement every Sunday because we just cannot get it together. You are not under any circumstance right now. You are above it. The reason why believers hit the panic button every time they're going through things because they don't know where they're seated. When all you do is see yourself sitting in this realm, in this situation, you have a low perspective of who you are. How can we have so many low expectations for our lives when we're sitting at such a high place? 
You are, you are seated next to Jesus. You are seated in heavenly places. That means that you have position. You have authority. You have perspective. And what we do is we allow our, our earthly problems to change our, our, we allow our earthly problems to change our heavenly perspective. But God is saying, you're above it. You're above it all. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, sometimes, you know, I don't feel like it. There's sometimes I, I don't feel like I'm above the things that I go through or the challenges that lie before me. I remember early on in my, my walk with God, um, you know, when I start preaching, I remember I just didn't know. I had been afraid of public speaking since I was a kid, really. I was so terrified that whenever we would do reports in school, they would, uh, they would um, you know, call my name, and I would just say, I'll take the F. Because <laughs> I just didn't want to do it. And it got better. You know, I had encounters with God, got better, felt comfortable preaching in my own church. But when I started getting invited to other places, I would turn them down. Like, sorry, man, you know, calendar's booked right now. You can't make it out there. You know? Because I had such a low perspective of my abilities that I could never bless people with what he put inside of me. I had an earthly perspective of who I was. And, and here's, here's the, the, the reality, folks, is you need to start seeing yourself seated in heavenly places and stop seeing yourself just going through life, just trying to get by. You are above all the things that you are going through. You've got the productive power in your life to do things. That means the power to be a witness. But you know what? That means the power to produce things. The power to start things. The power to start a business for the kingdom of God. The power to start ministry. The ability to to produce the dream that God has put in your life. You've got the propelling power of God. When you don't feel like you can do something. When you feel like you're weak. When you feel like you're, you're just running out of gas. You've got the propelling power that pushes you. You've got that zeal and that fire to get you to the next level. You've got, you've, you've got that kind of power in your life. You've got the power that's sustaining you. Don't give up on the things that you're going through right now. You've got prevailing power. You've got power to stay in the fight. And power to get out on the other side and to overcome. And you have power that God wants to put on display. Manifested power. Many of you, you're tired of seeing the you in the future that you want to become. Does that make sense? You have a picture of what your life should be or what you want it to be. You have a dream. You have a vision. You see yourself doing things for God, big things. But you're tired of seeing it in the future. You want to see it in the now.
And I want you to understand you can do it because you have every blessing in heaven accessible to you. You have the power of God that is residing on the inside of you. And you are seated in heavenly places. So you are above all things. I want to just pray for you this morning. If you would just stand with me. For many of you, the light bulb's going on for you this morning. When I read Ephesians, I look at it and I think, that's what I want my life to be. And I'll be honest, for, for all the, I've been in, in ministry here for over 13 years. And when I look at what I read, I'm saying, God, my ministry hasn't looked like this. Maybe there is times and places where it has, but it hasn't been consistent. Because there's been times where I've prayed for the sick, hoping that they would get healed, not knowing that it's already been done in heaven. I just want to challenge you right now. If you want to go further, I just want you to lift up your hands. Everybody just close your eyes. We're just going to lift up our hands. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.